car, so no, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna move this back real quick. Uh, how you guys doing? Right. Good, good. Uh, you know, it's funny. I uh, as I was listening to the announcements, I could just look back at like kids camp and youth camp and. Uh, even being a counselor at Royal Family Kids Camp, just key moments in my life where the Lord, uh, I think we're a little hot on this, we can bring that down a little bit, but key moments where uh, the Lord did special things in my life. You know, I was uh, baptizing the Holy Spirit at, at youth camp. I, uh, you want to hear a fun story real quick? At, you don't have a choice, do you? No. Um, at Royal Family Kids Camp, I was a counselor, um, and I won't use the kid's real name just because uh, that's what we're supposed to do. But um, I just remember I was a counselor one year, and this kid, he's such an interesting little kid. He's really sweet. You know, some of the kids, you know, are sometimes act out a little bit, but this kid was just super sweet, super um, quiet. And so we, we started off the week. We're like, hey, what do you want to do? What do you want to see at camp? What are you excited for? And all this kid wanted was to find an arrow in the yard for some reason because he wanted to be Daniel Boone. I don't know how that equates, but, but all, so all that to say, so I put my foot in my mouth. I said, you know, well, if that's, if that's on your heart, like, I think God can do that. And that's like the one thing they teach you as a counselor, like, don't make these promises you can't fill. And so I was like, oh, instantly, instant regret, right? So a few days later, uh, they're building these bug boxes um, that I think Ed, I don't know if he's here, Ed used to make, uh, hey, hey, Ed, um, and lo and behold, he like gets, all, uh, this kid gets all excited, he finds an arrow in the grass with no tip on it, so he got to keep it, so it's just a cool, like, God thing, right, so um, I don't know if that encourages you, it encouraged my heart that God cares about the little things, right, he cares about the big things, like, for, we think for Pastor Ben and Amber coming, like, on their mind, they're thinking about a house. Like I know Connie and I are thinking about, you know, all the stuff we're doing with building a house this year. But even the small stuff, God cares about the little arrow that might seem meaningless, but he's a good father. Amen? Yeah. All right, that was just a little side, side note extra. So, um, all right, let's jump into the word. Uh, yeah, as Ray said, two weeks ago, we started our uh, study in Colossians, and he kind of took that first eight verses, and so we're going to be looking at uh, the next five verses, starting in verse nine, uh, but there's three foundational pillars that he talked about, right? The three foundational pillars of the church. One was the love for God's people, the faith of the church, I think they might be up there, and then the power of hope, right? Hebrews 11, this isn't in the notes, but Hebrews 11, 1 uh, says that faith is the sub substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, right? And so, you know, it's funny, I was coming in yesterday, I parked on this side, sorry, I don't know, I'm in a weird mood, you're going to get extra stories today, I don't know what it's about. I, uh, I parked on this side for the men's breakfast, and as soon as I walked in the doors, because I walked all the way down this hall, I was met with this like, boom, bacon, right in my face, right? And so, I was just thinking about that, how, that's the hope, right? You haven't had it yet. It's not the substance yet, but I experienced it yesterday. It was phenomenal. Shout out to Pastor Chuck and Men's Breakfast. It was awesome. Um, sorry. But um, as we read today, as we kind of study God's Word, I want you to keep those pillars, those thoughts of faith, hope, and love. I want to keep those in mind as we read. Does that sound good? All right. 
So Colossians 1, verse 9 says this, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He's rescued us, amen? amen. Man, I, I just, uh, I think back to the time when I first really said yes to Jesus, when I first really kind of, maybe not in full, but understood that, wow, I, I need you, God, and, and you, you love me. Um, can we just do something for a moment? I, this might be a little different. Can we just all close our eyes for a moment? And I want you to just take a second. Um, I just want you to remember back to the first moment, the first moment you said yes to Jesus. Let's just all take that moment. Remember where you were. Remember, for some of us, you might remember the person you were with, right? But just remember, wow, just like the awareness you had of, I'm in need of a Savior. that you needed forgiveness. Just remember the weight of your sin kind of weighing down on you, but then the weight lifting when you said, yes, God, I give you my life. And his Holy Spirit came in. Just, just pause for a moment. All right, you can open your eyes. You know, I think it's important for us um, as Christians never to forget the moment that we said yes to Jesus. And I know I've done that before when worship leading. I'll say just, you know, remember back to that first time you said yes to him, right? Um, but I think that's, that's key, right? We can read in Revelation, Jesus writes to one of the churches. He says, you've done all these good things, but you've forgotten your first love. Now come back to me. Come back to the things that you did at first. And I think, and I'm not saying that we're not doing that, but I guess my thought is let's, let's keep that first love fresh. Amen? Let's keep that first love, that, that yes to Jesus. Keep it fresh. And I'm, I'm, I'm praying that maybe you've never, if you've never said that to the Lord or you've never, this is your first time coming into a church, listen, Jesus loves you. Uh, and he wants to forgive you, and it, it requires everything. It requires all of you, but he wants you today. Um, and we'll, we'll give a moment, an opportunity for salvation later. But, man, isn't that just a good thought, just to think back to when you said yes to Jesus? You didn't understand everything. You didn't have it all together. You didn't get all of the things that we learn as we grow in Christ. But one thing you knew was, man, I'm, I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. And I need you, Jesus right? So good. So good. It reminds me of why I signed up for the gospel, why I gave my life to him. 
So as we read, I want, I want to keep that in mind. Let's, let's jump to verse 9. We're going to kind of walk through this today. Uh, Paul says this, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. So what reason is Paul talking about? Pastor Pierre kind of covered it two weeks ago uh, in verse 4 and 5. We're going to look at those. It says, jumping back, it says, Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love you have for all God's people, the faith and love that spring from the hope, right? Remember the hope. Stored up for, for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. So we've heard of your faith in Jesus, right? We've heard of your love you have for all of God's people. And we've heard of the faith and love that spring from hope. So that's the reason that Paul's talking about. I just want to kind of give context. So he says, this is the reason. And we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So here we're kind of seeing Paul compare his will versus my will. Like, like it's all about God's will for your life, not about mine, right? We know the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, right? On earth as it is in heaven. So it's, it's very much about, God, I'm focused on you now. I, I was focused on me, right? We can all think back pre-Jesus. It's focused all about self. Now post-Jesus, it's all about him, or it should be all about him, right? So Jesus models that in his prayer, but Paul also kind of helps us kind of talk about giving everything to God, filling us with the knowledge of his will, and also recognize the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives, it's through the Spirit. Amen? It's not something I'm trying to grasp at or that it's, it's me figuring this thing out. It is me yielding myself to the Holy Spirit and it's His wisdom, His understanding. Make sense? All right. There's no other way to receive God's wisdom and understanding apart from His Spirit. And so verse 10, jumping there, so it says... So that, and we're coming to the purpose, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. And this is where we're going to kind of spend some time uh, focusing on. We're going to focus on living a life worthy of Jesus. Not just Him calling us into ministry or anything like that, but just you, your life, everything about you, giving it fully to Jesus and what that looks like, living a life worthy of the Lord. I think this is up there. I said we can never separate living a life for the Lord from our dependence on the Lord. Let's look at how Ephesians puts it. You guys remember Ephesians. That wasn't too long ago, right? It was like a month ago. Uh, Ephesians 5 says this, verse 15. Be careful, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So God's wisdom and understanding leads me to my life's purpose. It leads me to understand that I'm focused on his will, and that really is my life's purpose. Amen? Amen. So my life's purpose, one, to live a life worthy of the Lord, but two, please him in every way. Please him in everything that I do. So Jesus is worthy. We've heard this. We understand that. We get that Jesus is worthy of all of our lives, but um, I want to unpack that a little bit more, and let's, let's jump to Philippians 1. I think this is a great verse. It kind of helps um, show this a little bit, but uh, Paul says, whatever happens, right? That's pretty inclusive. 
whatever. Whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come to see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel. So whatever I do, right? Jesus is worthy of my praise. He's worthy of my honor. He's worthy of everything I have. He's worthy of my life. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I, was, I was telling the staff, I felt like this message was exactly what I preached like a month or two ago, but it's just kind of the way it lined up. And I want to encourage you today, it's still true. Jesus is still worthy of everything today. He's worthy of everything we have to give. And so um, I, want, I want to impact that. What does it mean to live a life worthy of the Lord? So practically, this is kind of how that plays out. We're going to look at verses 10 through 12, and that's going to kind of help us understand that a little bit. Uh, verse 10 says this, Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So, number one, how to live a life worthy for the Lord. First off, just bear good fruit. Bear fruit in every good work. So everything we do, and that's not just for the pastor or the preacher, that is for all of us in every single act, in everything that I do, right? Whatever you do, conduct yourself worthy of the gospel in a manner worthy of the gospel, right? John 15, uh, verse 4, we all know this, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I feel like I just need to pause there. I feel like that's for somebody today. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Branches naturally produce fruit, but when they're connected to the vine, you see it? And sometimes I think we're too focused on the fruit and not on the vine. We're, we're, we're focused on what can I produce, what can I do, instead of just, Jesus, I need to be with you, and therefore I will produce good fruit. That's going to be the natural byproduct, and let it be the thing that just flows out naturally. You see the difference? It's not focused on, I got to do these things to be okay. I need to do these things to be right. It's, I need you. You are, I'm dependent upon you, Lord. I need you. And therefore, through that, we get his grace, his strength, and we start producing fruit naturally, organically. It's good. Um, and I feel like this is something the Lord's been challenging me with this, this year, is just a dependence on God. And I know we get that, like, course, if you asked every Christian in the room, they would say, yeah, I have to stay dependent on God. But if we really evaluated each moment of our life, each action of our life, do we really live with that in mind that I am dependent, I'm dependent on his spirit, I'm dependent upon him completely? Um, yeah. The first thing God demands of us when we come to him is that we give him everything. And I'd say the only thing that God demands of us when we come to him is we give him everything. 
It requires everything. If it costs Jesus everything, it's going to cost us everything. Amen? But it's a, it's a price worth paying. A gospel message that doesn't require everything for me isn't the gospel at all. Jesus says in Luke, verse 23 of chapter 9, then he said to them, whoever wants to be my disciple, this is Jesus talking, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. You know, my, my concern for the church today, and I think a lot of the problems that we see is that we, we get the goodness of God, we get the love of God, and, and don't get me wrong, those are all good things, those are right, that's, that is correct teaching. Um, but I think some of the problems we're seeing in the church today is because we haven't properly taught deny yourself, follow me, take up your cross, right? It's almost like I'm, I'm incorporating God into my life and it's not about Him. Instead of I say yes to God, I pray this prayer to live a better day, to have a better life. No, it's I am sold on this one thing, that Jesus, you are worth my life, you are worthy of my life, and I give it to you freely. I, th I, I don't know. I just think we need to come back to that. That this requires everything. This isn't something we just do, right? Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God is... Now I'm going to have to quote it and I can't quote it. But it's uh, taking care of orphans and widows, right? And then not giving your life basically to the world. It, it, it says it a little different, but that's the gist of it. Um, yeah, we're, we're called to do this thing, guys, and we can do this in Christ. That's the beautiful thing. I, I hope this isn't too heavy this morning, but that it's challenging, that it encourages and spurs us on to love and good deeds in him. Amen? Amen. All right. Stay with me because it's going to get good. So deny yourself. Pick up your cross. Follow him. And bear fruit in every good work. I want to encourage some of those. You might feel like you're doing the good works. You might feel like you're staying strong, but it's just sometimes it gets tough, and I think we need to bring our focus back to the Lord. Galatians says it this way, and I think it's really helpful. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So don't give up, church. Listen, we can do this thing. We can see the lost saved through Christ. We can see, we can see his power in this church but only when we focus on him. We can see lives transform. I'm, I'm praying this year that we see more baptisms than we've ever seen before, amen? I want to see new life in this church. It's not enough just to come on a Sunday and sit in a pew and then go home and watch your friends and your family go unsaved and unchanged and we never share that message when that's the message that's been stewarded to us to preach. I know I'm getting strong for a moment, but, but really, if, if we realize, why are we here, right? Why are we put on this earth? We're here to preach the gospel with our lives, with our actions, with our words. Every part of us is a life worthy, worthy of Jesus. So, one, bear fruit in every good work, but two, grow in the knowledge of God. Ephesians 1.17 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, there's that wisdom again, so that you may know him better. So spend time with him. 
That was, that was part of that word earlier. Spent, let's get alone with the Lord. Spend time with Him day to day. Read your Bible. There's a novel thought, right? But, but honestly, how many times are we like praying for a word or praying for different things when it's like we haven't stewarded well the time spent alone with the Lord or spent reading our Bible? What if we came back to that foundational truth? Man, get in the word. Meditate on it. Be faithful with the written word. Spend time in prayer. Tell God about your day. I know I shared this last time, but I think it's a super helpful way um, to connect with the Lord. I've learned in marriage that sharing the little details that quote-unquote don't matter, matter. You know, it's not just like, here's my life update, but, um, you know, times when I just kind of tell Connie, I had this random thought or, you know, different things come up, and it's like you get to share those small little things. That's how you connect, right? And so that's an encouragement to us. Like, do that with the Lord. Share the small little details or things that you're thinking, and even just whatever's going through your mind and just share it with him. It's a great way to kind of start that thought process of, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on you 24-7. I had this in here, and this is just, I think, just a good word. Uh, as a friend of mine, and uh, his mentor shared it with him, but he said, don't let your ministry ever get bigger than your prayer life. I'll say it again because I don't think it's up there. That's my bad. Don't let your ministry ever get bigger than your prayer life. And so you don't have to be called into ministry to have a ministry, right? But don't let that ever take the place of God. Or don't ever just go seek God for a word and it's not about Him. You see the difference? Matthew 6, 21. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I understand in context it's talking about earthly treasures versus heavenly rewards, heavenly treasures. Um, but really, I, you know, Pastor Chuck and I were talking about this. It's really where you're putting your value, right? And so, yeah, this isn't specifically talking about prayer, but I think it still applies. The principle still applies, right? So what do you value in prayer? Here's a better question. Who do you value in prayer? Is Jesus the value of your prayer? You know, there's nothing wrong going to the Lord, talking to Him, get, expressing your needs. We know that's scriptural. We know that's right, right? But if, by and large, the focus of my prayer life is me, then I have missed it. I have, I, I've completely missed it. Do you pray for the body of Christ? Are you focused on Christ himself? Because the content of your prayers, the content of your prayer life reveals the treasures of your heart. Another way to grow in the knowledge of the Lord, one, just like pick a scripture, focus on it for the day, meditate. You know, Bible app, they've got great stuff you can focus on those verses. Sometimes they're, it's like, where did this one come from? But, um, you know, get, a, get on a plan and, and meditate on the word daily. Uh, let's look at Psalm 119, verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Jumping down to verse 111, your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Listen, joy in Christ will give you great endurance. We're going to talk more about joy later. 
But I, I think we see this theme between joy and endurance. They're tied together a lot through Scripture. So to keep his decrees to the very end, it's going to require great endurance and great patience. Hebrews 12, verse 2, one of my favorite scriptures ever, uh, says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of, of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So let's just think about that. Consider how Jesus, right, for the joy set before him. And we know that joy, that, that joy was us coming to salvation. It was his glory, right? We get all that. But how much more should you and I now, for the joy set before us, carry this gospel message everywhere we go? Amen? We endure. We, we have great patience. We show the character of the Father through everything we do. Colossians 1.10, let's jump back into that. Bearing fruit in every good work, so too growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. So we know bearing good fruit, growing in the knowledge of God, but third, we want to find our strength in God. Kind of comes back to that whole thing we were talking about at the beginning. If he's not the source, if we're not remaining in him, all this other stuff, it's going to be pointless. It's, it's meaningless. And so he's our strength. He's our source. My strength is found only in his strength. Isaiah 41, verse 10 says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. His strength is the thing that gives us great endurance and patience. I was talking with a friend of mine once, and, and, and he said, he was talking about patience, and he said, you know, sometimes when people pray for patience, they're really kind of praying more for numbness. Oh, that's a good word. That's his. I, I, to give, I wish I could take credit for it. But think about that. You know, sometimes when we pray to ask God for patience, we're not, I don't think we really understand what we mean when we ask for patience. Sometimes we're just asking for numbness. But really patience, patience is simply just saying like, God, I, I, this is a difficult circumstance. I need you to shine in this. I need to set my hope on you, right? Like we talked about at the beginning, the hope set before him, the bacon in the gym, right? But it's, it's, focused, it's, it's, it's focused on eternity. It's focused on God's glory, not my present, the things I'm going through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where our patience truly lies. Patience isn't the absence of problems. It's holding on to hope. It's holding on to heavenly, a heavenly mindset in the midst of any and all circumstances. Just take a moment. Think about God's patience with us, right? While we are still sinners, Christ died for us, right? 2 Peter 3, verse 8 says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the, the Lord. A day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years... Are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Romans 2, verse 4. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, talking of, of God, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? 
I, I get in context he's talking about God's righteous judgment and, and, and dealing with that in the church. I get that. But um, still, it, it points to the fact that God's kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness, as the other verse said, his kindness, tolerance, and, 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 and patience, right? All right, jumping back to Colossians, verse 12. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. You know, it was interesting. I was sitting here this morning, and um, I, don't know, I just kind of felt off this morning. Not like I was doing anything wrong or anything like that, but you just, you ever have those days where you just kind of feel like, man, I just feel like I'm not like, I don't know, some days you feel like you're killing it, some days you're like, man, I'm struggling, need a coffee or something. But uh, this morning, I just felt unqualified, to be honest, uh, to come share this word. I just kind of, I, I got up and I was like, man, what, who am I, right? And I know that's not what he's talking about, but, but realizing that God qualifies us in every area, but it's not because of what we've done, right? It's because of what he's done. All right, so point four, we want to rejoice because God has forgiven you. Man, that is reason to rejoice. So it's, my joy is not set on, on, on the things that I'm experiencing. Like it's, it's, joy is not circumstantial, right? The only circumstance that really joy needed was Jesus on the cross. So I can rejoice because God has forgiven me regardless of the circumstance. So just like the posture of my prayer is a good indicator of where my treasure is, I've found thanksgiving is a good, it's just a good barometer as well for my life. Um, I think I've got it up there. I found this to be true for my life. When thanksgiving is absent from my life, it's usually because I'm too focused on myself. So thanksgiving is a really good indicator into where your focus is. And that's something uh, Connie and I try to do daily. Um, and it's usually like, you know, I, if I'm unthankful in a moment or whatever, she'll be like, well, give me something you're thankful for. And, it's, and you're like, I don't know, my shoes or, you know, you just can't think of anything. But no, it's usually not like that. But, but you know what I'm saying, you, you get it. It's just the idea of let's shift our focus back to the Lord. Uh, but when I, I found when I'm just overflowing with joy, circumstances, they're good, they're bad, but my eyes are set on Jesus. So it's all kind of, it's, it's not relevant, you know? But I'm able to speak to it with a heavenly mindset now. When Thanksgiving is absent from my life, it's usually because I'm too focused on me. So focus on God. Focus on his forgiveness. Rejoice because he's forgiven you. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins he's qualified you he's forgiven you and he's brought you into his kingdom and none of us were qualified so thankful he is our redemption Ephesians 2 verse 6 God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. We see him kind of taking that, right? Just like the verse before, he brought us out of darkness into light. In order that the, in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. 
For it is by grace you've been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And we know it goes to talk on like we're, we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that he's prepared way in advance for us. It doesn't say way in advance, that's just my, it's the James Version. Um, but God wants us to fulfill his purposes on the earth, not so we can be these super Christians, but so he can get the glory, right? So think, and, and I think sometimes in Christianity we have this view that, you know, it's only the guy who's, who's got the microphone or the guy who's got the ministry is doing things for God. And not everyone gets, you know, not everyone thinks that, but I think that can be a misconception that I have to have a title or I have to have something before I can go do what God wants me to do. And it's simply not true. Like, think about it. There's, how many people would you say are in this room? There's couple hundred people in this room, there are so many more spheres of influence represented just by each one of you that maybe I or any other pastor up here could ever reach, right? So think about it. God has chosen you. He's placed you for this time for a purpose right where you are. So you might be seeing things from an earthly mindset of, oh man, I just got to, you know, I'm, I'm working this nine to five job and, you know, this is well, hopefully this will pay the rent, this will pay, you know, take care of the kids, all that stuff. And you're not even seeing the God setup that he has. Maybe it's a coworker, right? Maybe it's somebody who just needs a word of encouragement or needs a touch from God. And you might be the only representative of Jesus that they see. Just, just take a moment and think about that. And I think if, if we catch this, seriously, if we catch this, that this life, it's not, about, it's not about us anymore, right? I'm not here to have a better day. I'm not here just to improve my life. I'm here to show the glory of God. I'm here to spread his love everywhere that I go. And that should be the same for all of us. So when I get my focus off of myself, I'm able to just see clearly, wow, God, you put me here for a reason. What do you want me to do? Let's do this for a moment. Um, and I, I'm going to close soon, but um, what does it mean for your life? I think we have this slide. What does it mean for your life to live a life worthy of the Lord? I, I want to take a second and just pause there. Really, really just take a moment before the Lord. What does that mean? You know, I think for all of us, it starts with denying yourself picking up your cross, following him, right? But in the end, it's going to look the same for all of us. It's going to look like obedience, radical obedience to the Lord, and dependence on God. It's got to be the both. Dependence on him, obedience to him. But, you know, it could look different for all of us, right? So what does that practically look like? Maybe for you today, it looks like laying down your pride. Maybe for some of you, it looks like giving up sin, stuff that you know that the Lord has spoken to, right? Maybe it's something clearly laid out in Scripture that we know is wrong, that's a sin, and you've just been kind of holding on to it secretly because you're afraid of what people might think. Listen, there's forgiveness today in Christ Jesus, but you got to receive it. you got to come. you got to confess your sins to the Lord. Amen? But it might look different for each one of us. What does it look like for you to live a life worthy of the Lord. It might be a full surrender of your time. 
you might give him this moment on a Sunday morning, but then Monday it's back to your life, right? Same with, you know, it, yeah, debating whether I want to share this or not. Um, I'm going to not share that thing. <laughs> That's wisdom, right? See, the Holy Spirit's working on me. But maybe you've never really given him your life. Maybe it just looks like reading your Bible daily, like he's already spoken that to you, and we know that's in Scripture laid out clearly. And, and listen, you don't need another word from the Lord to tell you to read your Bible. Here, I'll say it right now. Read your Bible. How's that? Is that good? And that can cover your life. Um, but really, this is, this is the, the whole point of, of the message today is what does it mean for me to live a life worthy of the Lord? And I think, like I said, it's going to look the same for all of us, but it might look different in certain areas that he's working on. The Holy Spirit's going to work on different areas in all of our lives. So this is what I want. Here's the takeaways. Is, you know, let's just run through those, uh, those four points again. We want to bear fruit, right, in every good work. We want to grow in the knowledge of God. We want to find our strength only in God and rejoice because he's forgiven us. And that's when we start to really, it's just this natural byproduct to live worthy of the Lord. I want to read, I referenced it earlier, I think I have it in my notes, uh, Revelation uh, 4, if we can pull that up, it's towards the end. I'm sorry, Revelation 2, my bad. It says this, I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, but you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. Let's hit that next verse. You've persevered and have endured. You've endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and I will remove your lampstand from its place. I know this is Jesus writing to the church in Revelation, one of the churches, but it's a warning for us today, right? It's, it, and if anything, we can, it's an encouragement. Don't forsake your first love. Don't forget your first love love. He is all that matters. And maybe that's what you need to hear today is that you've just kind of been going through life, doing your, your own thing and doing this Christian thing on the side. He's calling you to jump full in. It's either all or nothing. There's no, there's, it's the old analogy of like I'm sitting on the fence of whether I'm going to serve God or not. And, and it's the whole thing of devil owns the, the fence too. Like you can't sit on the fence. You got to jump full in. It's all about him. It's, he is, I'm telling you right now, it's scary to give him everything. And I, I'm not saying I've mastered that. I'm, I'm, I'm processing how to do that well. But when you give him everything, he gives you all of him. And it's so much more than anything the world could ever give you. So today, um, I usually don't do it this way, but we're going to just, uh, we'll do it this way. If everyone can bow their heads, close their eyes. Uh, I just want to give those um, an opportunity 
maybe you've never given your life to the Lord, and today you're like, I, I, I recognize God, I've never given you my life, but today I want to do that. If that's you, I just want to invite you to just lift your hand up all across this place. And then the second calling is this. If you just know that you've just been forsaking your first love or you've been far off from the Lord, you've been doing stuff that you know is just a sidetrack to what God has for you, I believe God's speaking to you today. Uh, I just want to invite you, if that's you, just lift your hand up in surrender to the Lord, saying, God, I give you everything today. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Can we all of us just uh, commit our lives and just repeat this prayer and just say this, say, Jesus, I thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for drawing me back to your heart. And today I re-solidify my love for you. I make covenant with you. You are my God. You can do whatever you want in my life. I fully surrender today. Amen. Amen. So here's how I'd like to close today. Um, I, I'm going to release you in a second. But, he, I, you know, for, for all of us, I, I really want to focus on those two things. So what is the Lord challenging you in today? And I encourage you to write that down. Write that challenge down. Maybe there's something specific God was highlighting to you today. Write it down. Because here's the thing. What happens is we have... An amazing, you know, you hear, <laughs> you're an amazing preacher. That's not what I was going to say. That's not what I was trying to say. I'm so sorry. But you, you, you hear a word, and then you, you feel like God speaks to you, and then you don't write it down, and it, you just kind of go through the motions, and you forget so easily. I encourage you, write down what the Lord's challenging you in today. And then two, ask yourself, okay, Holy Spirit, what am I going to do with that? And then ask yourself, is there anything that I need to do to, that practically I can do this week? right, that with what you're showing me. So let's just, uh, let's close in prayer real quick, and uh, you guys are awesome, by the way. I, I wasn't going to say this, but, you know, when I lead worship, um, we have, like, headphones in our ears. We don't really get to hear much, and especially with the speakers, but I'll tell you, every time I speak that I'm in the, the audience, it is a joy just to hear you guys worshiping the Lord and just praising Him. It really, it really is. It blesses me so much, so... Uh, but let's cl close in prayer, and uh, yeah, Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness towards us. Lord, thank you for drawing us to repentance. You are so good. God, we recognize that everything we have, everything that we do for you, it's by your wisdom, it's by your spirit. And so Holy Spirit, as we go from this place, I pray that we would walk in your love, that we would be so sensitive to your spirits leading this week. God, that we would see those who are broken, that those who are hurting, and we would reach out to them with your love. God, give us a supernatural boldness. Give us a supernatural confidence that only comes from you, that says we can do this, we can partner with you. 
So Lord, we thank you for this. We give you this time. We love you and we ask in your name. Amen. All right, guys, thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.